Hello and welcome to Android's Amazing Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Hunter Van Lerup, and I'm joined by James Santana. Oh, yeah. We are brought to you by Android's Amazing Comics down in Save New York. Now, James, we got news. So we got a lot of news. Yeah, we do. So I'll hit up the first two because they're really kind of quick. Yeah. So, uh, starting off, Event Leviathan. Um, Event Leviathan, checkmate. Yeah. Sorry. Um, it's been in, pro, indefinitely postponed. Um, Just like Man Bat. Yes. But, so it's not canceled. But they don't know when they're doing right. it. Right. Um, no plans. Yeah, at this time. So that means it could come out a year from now. It can come out uh, at some time. Come it's, out next month. Right. Like, it's just not. It's not canceled. <laughs> where like the history of the Manhunter was canceled. Yeah. That was absolutely canceled. Yeah. Um, it was indefinitely postponed. This is yeah, So that means it can come out any time. Uh, it doesn't mean the story's gone. Uh, it's hopefully, I think they're trying to with slimming down the DC line. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes now with DC and AT and T. This might be part of them slimming down the line a little bit, trying to figure out certain stuff. So that's just one thing to keep got you guys posted. Uh, just about that book because it was the only book spinning out of the Leviathan. Besides it, the Leviathan Dawn, we got yeah, which was a one shot. So I think mm-hmm. it would it, it would have been a nice stepping stone to set up the rest of DC universe. Yeah, but again, I don't know with their, them slimming down books. And it would have been a Green Arrow centric book with the Checkmate team. Yeah, it would have been actually really cool. Yeah. So, so again, it, it kind of sucks, but again, we'll see where that goes. Yeah. And um, this week, if you guys didn't know. Uh, Doom Patrol launched on the DC app. I def- we will be covering uh, kind of a, not a recap of the season, but the, who, uh, like, history of the Doom Patrol and We're who to look out for. We're just talking about it. Yeah, and Doom Patrol, fun stuff later on this year, uh, yeah. later on in the next Because I have yet weeks. to watch the show. I will. But yes. It, but we will be talking about Doom Patrol, the characters in the book, uh, soon enough so you guys can have kind yeah. of a brief history of the Doom Patrol so we can watch the show. Um, but what was cool about on the DC app, it launched with three episodes. Um, for season two. For season two. So that was kind of weird. I just kind of give you guys an update. Um, I've watched all three. They've been good so far. Um, I just think it's, I don't like, um, the visual purpose. It made no sense. Yeah. But again, I guess, I guess for traffic purposes, so the app, um, also to coincide with those who it probably also launched on HBO Max at the same time yeah. with three episodes. So those who didn't, don't have HBO Max can also then go to DC app and watch at the same time. Mm-hmm. Again, it's all for trafficking purposes. So those are the first two bits of news. Hunter, do you want to hit that sweet boys info? I don't want to hit up any boys' info, but I'll tell you about The Boys. Uh, you know what I meant. <laughs> you know so, what I meant. The Boys Season 2 will be premiering September 4th, 2020 on Amazon Prime. Oh man. Hell yeah, dude. I have yet to watch it, but I will because you're going to make us talk about Season 2 on the show this year at some point. Yes, I am. So I will watch Season 1 probably after I finish Sabrina because I'm on Season 3 right now about halfway through. It's really fucking good. I <laughs> and then Umbrella Academy comes at the end of the month. Yes. I know. Can't fucking wait. Oh, it's cool. Did you watch the uh, the, the trailer for the boys? Or the two minute clip? Uh, maybe the one with Aya Cash. Yeah, she's on front. Oh, yeah. She's hot. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I liked it from. Um, oh You're my the god, you're the worst. Yes, yeah. I love that freaking show. So that's why I was like, oh, I love Aya. That's where I found her. So yeah. that was like Aya Cash. And when she got announced to be on the cast, I was like, that's cool. And then you told me, it was like, oh yeah, she's playing one of the male characters, but it works better this way. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, there's a reason why. It, it, and especially with even the the, the trailer, uh, for those who haven't seen it, definitely go on. It's on YouTube right now. Yeah. Uh, just having the boys, and it's the first thing. Um, what's cool about it is that they actually, uh, if you know the background of the character, Stormfront in the book, he's male. And it's a little spoilers for the book, so if you haven't watched the book yet, well, kind of tough. Yeah. Read the book yet, kind of tough. Um, for this, uh, Stormfront is actually the person behind. He's where um, Compound V comes from. He's mm-hmm. the first... Super villain, superhero. He's a he's a Nazi propagating war machine. Stormfront. Yeah, he's a super Nazi. It's great. So she's a super Nazi. 
So, for purposes of the show, we well, I don't know. She we don't know. She a cell phone. I saw that. Is she like a mogul now? Like a tech Well, okay. So, we don't know anything yet for the book. Okay. For the show. Yeah. Um, but she looks like uh, one of those media influencers, like Instagram model influencers. Twitch stream? <laughs> no. Well, I think it's a mix between, like, the mix will be, like, she's, on the surface, she looks like a basic... You know, Instagram influencer, but then underneath she's this complete she's psycho. <laughs> yeah, this complete psycho that can go head to head with um, Homelander. That's cool. That's why I'm into that. That's my theory. Again, I won't know until season two premieres in September, which I can't wait for. And uh, I'll jump in for some uh, Holly Quinn news because uh, oh yeah, dude, I liked both these. Actually, what I like the other one, one of them is way more interesting than the other one. I know, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's because I'm a big uh, WK fan. Yeah, so. Uh, Holly Quinn gets two new books announced. One, a tie-in eight-issue miniseries to Batman White Knight. So is it technically a tie-in if it's an eight-issue miniseries? Because the other ones have been eight issues. Is it just another series? It's tied in. Is it the 2.5? Or is it like in between one and two? I don't know. Uh, It's not that much info. It's, it's, It's just a Holly Quinn book. Okay. And it's Murphy doing both? Uh, no. And, oh. No. He's not doing the art or the writing? He's not writing. But he's doing the art. He's doing the art. Who's writing it? I don't remember. Is it tie-in no, I didn't. I didn't write it down. Okay. I just didn't write that for no <laughs> purposes. I just didn't write it down. Um, but it's an eight-issue series, uh, miniseries called Batman: The White Knight Presents Holly Quinn. I like the White Knight uh, Presents, like Von Freeze. Right. So, uh, we've talked about this before about White Knight um, and how we knew that we other tie-ins like we know Beyond the White Knight's next series. Yeah. So we'll have, and we Bat- have the Von Freeze tie-in. Right. The presents Von Freeze. So I think the way it's going to be is goes Batman: Curse of the White Knight. Batman. Sorry, Batman: The White Knight. Batman Curse of White Knight, Batman Beyond the White Knight. And in between them, like, you have the Batman, Batman the White Knight Presents will be whatever the tie-in series that aren't yeah. the main story. You know what I'm surprised that we haven't seen yet? What's up? A Batman White Knight animated movie. It's that popular that I believe it would get, like, the animated movie. Oh, treatment. it will. Not, not like, so Man of Tomorrow is coming out soon. If not, yes. like, it July, might already be out now. It, no, it comes out at the end of this month. Okay. And or something like that. Dude, it is ridiculously crazy. Um... The art style looks crazy. And oh, yeah. it, it looks bad, but also amazing. It's, we'll talk about that when we get there, though. Sorry. Yeah, but sorry. the White Knight, I feel like the White Knight will get its own spinoff, like how Gotham by Gaslight got one and Red Sun got one. Oh, I feel yeah. like they'll do like it an will. Elseworld style White yeah. Knight story. I don't see why they're not. Animation. I don't see why not. They can. It would be so cool to see Batman be the bad guy and it be a Joker movie. Right. Where Joker's not like a dick. Yeah. And then they could tease a sequel with Curse of the White Knight or mix them both together with the opening of Curse with the whole Thomas Wayne thing. Being like a vampire hunter or whatever, right? Because that was weird, but also cool. Right, they can and then throw it into the current one. Depending night. on when they do it, uh, when it's released, yeah. um, you'll be able to see what the story. Or gonna they be. could change it like they did with Hush and with Gaslight, yeah. where they change minute details to make it crazy. Of course, like we might not see new Neo Harley, but we might see Harley be like that role right. and not have be like the. Be, but I feel like that would be better. Whatever. Anyway, I'm sidetracking. So, so what's the other book? book? So <laughs> before I get into the next like book, um, so I think what they're going to do is any time book will be just whatever White Knight presents whatever. Yeah. Um. Again, this is the first White Knight book that um Murphy's not writing and drawing. Well, he's, he's probably only doing the helping with the right. writing. He's, he's probably pitched it out and said, pl- you write this, here's he's my He's plotting pitch. out, yeah, plotting he's, he's plotting out probably the entire uh, Murphyverse, that's yeah. what they're calling it. They just call um, it the White Knightverse, or the Knightverse? They call it the Murphyverse because he's of the writer. It, yeah. sounds, it also sounds cleaner. I know, I'm calling it the White Knightverse sounds a little bad. Yeah, it was also longer. It's it the Whiteverse. The Jack Napierverse. It's just called the Murphyverse. White Knighticon. No. At the Necronomicon. No, still no. 
<laughs> anyway, so um, I think he's plotting out the Murphy verse. Yeah, for sure. Because people have asked him like, where, where were Superman and Wonder Woman during this entire time? Like, like, and he's like, they're there. And so I, I see that he's going to probably he's, we'll probably Beyond see the White Knight. We'll probably see Superman like a tease or something. Well, I would probably I, honestly I I wouldn't even want I th- like I would White like Knight the book. presents yeah Superman or White Knight presents Justice League. Batman, you know, Batman, White Knight presents Justice League. Like kind it, of what, it, it happens right at the same time. Jack Napier, like in the first issue, or just kind and of the Justice League goes. We can't have Batman on the team. Or it could be just like <laughs> what it is, like what the yeah. universe is. Again, like yeah. big differences. Like it's a way again, universe. Jason is. Jason was the first Robin. Duke is an adult in this version. He's not yeah. a teenager. Dick Grayson is still Nightwing. Yeah, he's Nightwing, but he's the second Robin also. You know, so there's things like that. So it's very different. So yeah. um, it would be cool to see that, um, especially with this being the first tie-in that Murphy's not writing but plotting. Yeah. Um, the other Hollywood news goes back to another story we covered a couple of episodes ago about subject uh, Stephen Subject leaving um, DC books, DC books to work on web comics, and then he announces a DC book. But to be fair, he probably already had this done, and it was going to come to print, but then they did digital stuff, so that's digital. And also, because of the pandemic. pandemic, what is it? So the book is called uh, DC Presents Holly Quinn, Black, White, Black and White, and Red. Um, yes. Playing on the idea of the Black and White books. And also the statues, the Black, White, and Reds. Yes. So it's going to be that. That's the title of the new book. That's going to be fun. The R and Star are done by Cedric. It's um, probably his final DC book. It's his, I think his final his, creator work. I it's mean, his uh, final... Um, work for Hire book. Yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah work for Hire book. Um, someone else announced today they will leave... Oh, that's another... That's yeah, the, we'll, get yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that one. I saw that. I saw that. I, I, was, I literally was reading that article We can talk about it right now, actually, because it's tied to... Yeah, do you yeah. want to jump into that? Yeah, so Scott Lobdell announces that he's leaving DC, so he'll be done with Red Hood probably near the middle of the year. 58, said. 50? Okay, so that's another four issues. Yeah. And so they'll probably reboot that book, and if not, they're just going to continue with like a like a Williamson style, like a Williamson slash Tinian style. They just continue the book. But along with that, he had some not so nice allegations thrown at him from creators that we will not mention because I feel like it's not polite to just throw them out there. Yeah. Right. So Scott Lobdell got hit with some sexual harassment allegations and sexual misconduct, and uh, from the article that I found on CBR. Oof, those are not good. He was uh, accused of grooming and sexually um, like harassing people. So, yeah, this is happening a lot recently with a lot of DC and Marvel comic creators. We yeah. talked about Warren Ellis last week briefly and uh, C.K. Stewart, the guy who did some Batgirl stuff. So there's a lot of comic book misconduct happening. And that's not cool. No. But we're not going to dwell on that too much no. unless it becomes like a huge deal in the next uh, couple of weeks. I'm just going to, it's kind of quick, so it's not going to be like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I feel, and this is where um, I think it's kind of coming out more and why you see it where it's like, oh, why is it easier? Well, why is it, why do these th- accusations seem, seem to come out all kind of in chunks? You know, whether it's a celebrity... Well, it's easier to move in a group than to buy it by, by right. yourself. That's what I was supposed to get to that. It's uh, why is it easier, like, well, accusation against this one creator is coming out, and then, oh, this other is coming out. Because it all it takes is one person to finally stand up and say, I am enough with this. Yeah. And then I'll be like, hey, I was too scared because they were blackmailing me, or whatever the reason is. Yeah, I wanted to get into comics, and they said this is the only way, so I had to let it happen if I wanted a career. Right, and... Because they said they would uh, blacklist, blacklist me, me yeah. if I didn't do what they said. Yeah, so... It's yes. So going back to what you said, yes, it's very easy for people to move in groups. So yeah. the the accusations don't don't take away like the accusations are like oh, it's just they're trying to take down some big creative. 
No. No, no one would make this stuff up and then get proved wrong to ruin their own career. Exactly. This happened... Some of the stories that I've read up on happened years ago. Yeah. And the, the trauma either just finally finished off or the creators thought, man, now would be a good time because of everything else that's happening with right. uh, Hollywood again with some stuff from yeah. other celebrities and then uh, the DC Marvel staff guys. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it, it makes it easier... Again, it's easier to move in, in groups because the problem is if one victim says this, you know... Will use. You're gonna have the fanboys defending right. him and saying, "Never, he would never, never do, do that." This. Right. But then, if you have more people speak up about it, then it like becomes maybe like a, it's, it's like, yeah, maybe this is real. Maybe yeah. Listen. Exactly. And there have been accusations that have come out from other at other times that have been proven false. Yeah. Like someone says, "Oh, they did this to me just to get like clout." Yeah, and, and just to ruin someone's career yeah, because they want to. Yeah, and it's, and it's been proven that they that it hasn't happened. Yeah. And yes, and again, we, we take everything with a grain of salt, and, and, yeah. and I don't I understand believe, that. Like, I don't want to not believe their side, but yeah. I also want to see if Scott's going to say anything. Right, and because right now they, he hasn't said anything. Right, and so this is where I kind of go. You know, I'll use um, uh, not a comic case. I'll use R. Kelly for example. Yeah. You know, way back in the day. Yeah. So that's always been rumored. Yeah. I was rumored until the, the P video came out. Yeah. You know, but then, like, Surviving R. Kelly came out, and people were like, oh, why is it coming out now? We knew about this back in 94. Yeah. Like, we why? We didn't take it seriously. Just, yeah. We didn't, and then we saw it, and we were like, oh. When a lot of people came out and said this, it was like, oh, yeah. maybe we should listen. And it's, again, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, these... Harvey vi- Weinstein. Yeah. These victims just want to come out and talk and tell their story, and they should. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and, again, this goes back to something that's kind of predates, and this is anything... There are predators in all communities. There are predators in all uh, aspects of jobs. It sucks. It's the whole, like, Boston secretary thing. It's yeah. the whole, like, hey, if you want to uh, rise up, you got to sleep with the boss. Yeah. You know, ha, ha, ha. It's that whole thing, but, like, taken to an extreme. Right, because like, it's true real. Yeah. when it happens. And I feel bad because these women are being preyed upon by these guys. And I'll, I'll go back to the... They're uh, mostly being groomed. They come yeah. out of college, and the creators go, oh, this person looks like they could... One, they're decent because they obviously have jobs and they're the creators that we read up on in this. Fantastic yeah. creators. Yeah. They obviously have talent, but also they're young girls that they can go, oh man, I know they're going to get in, but what if I help them get in and I get something on the side? Right. Because like, they're I'm not going to pay kid. them. Like, right. It's different like when Cena Grace and Jerry Duggan, uh, Cena Grace's mentor was Jerry Duggan. Jerry Duggan brought him in. Yeah. For what we know, nothing happened. Yeah. So like it like you could have where you just trust somebody. You can have you a mentor mentee relationship. It's yeah, true. like Scott Snyder and Margaret Bennett and yeah. Tynan and Williamson and whoever else Scott yeah. Snyder is friends with because I forget his huge. He has his own Bat family of writers. Yeah, he does. But that's the thing. You could have a writer uh, mentor mentee relationship yeah. that's like, hey, you know, I knew you. You know, hey, I saw your work when you were doing a web comic, for example, and yeah. I like your stuff. Yeah, like Margaret Bennett was in one of Scott Snyder's class when right. he went back to go teach at either the Kubert School or NYU. I think, uh, I think NYU. Yeah. And he liked her writing and brought her on. Yeah. Again, you can have that with nothing going on. Yeah, no no strings. Right. But the problem is there are some guys that take advantage of this. And I'll use the extreme case that we know of is the uh, Stu- the Cameron Stewart case. Yeah. Where he went to another country. Canada. And the girl was 16 years old. Which is yes, legal there, there, but not good. And he not was what? I, was he? He was 32-ish. At the time? He was 30 or 20, high 20s. Yeah, like you should know better not to do that. Like yeah. that's not a thing you do. Um, again, not defending him for going, you know, not defending him in Canada being We're the, not defending the, the legalities. Yeah, yeah, we're not talking about that. But that's the problem. Like, that's mm-hmm. where someone... Found should, a loophole and was like, this right. won't bite me in the ass. And, and also, then it did. the problem is there are people that, that knew about this stuff. Yeah. The, and need to speak well, up. Yeah, I forget, uh, who was it? 
Gail Simone or DeConnick or someone said something that this is just how it happened back in the day. Yeah, and it's it's like disgusting you, to think about, right? Like Tom King was talking about it too in uh, one of the words. Was it Word Bubble? Their their podcast. Yeah, and he was saying um, that you can either like, if you're a guy, there's two ways to do it: either go to bars and you hang out with them and you become buddy buddies, or you kiss their ass till no tomorrow. Yeah. Besides being a good writer, because they also want talent, you have yeah. to just be an ass kisser. You got to yeah. be a brown noser. You got to yeah. be in there. You got to be <laughs> sniffing the good stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> your face. And then they said for girls, for for women, it's either you're really really good. And you get scouted by somebody, or you take the alternate dark path and do some bad stuff to get some some clout, and that is not good. No, that's the problem because that option is still a thing. It's still a thing now, no matter. Yeah, like guys that you know, they yeah, just gotta, oh, that's my whole point. Like, that's a, there are some female writers who, from what we know, don't have any of these stories because they're just good on merit, right? So they got in on it merit. Always happen. Yeah, and they got but in. There are the dark realities. Yeah, and it's not like, and again, not saying that these these female writers and artists that got in because of that aren't good. Exactly. They are good. That's yeah. the problem because they they should have gotten in on merit. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have had to go, go through this. And that's the problem. Yeah. So this happening, this accusation against Odell, kind of sucks. Yeah, the accusation. That's why I say accusation yeah. against Odell. Is Lobdell is is, is kind of sucks. I do like yeah. him as a writer. Yeah, I think he was fantastic writer. He was one of my, he wrote one of my favorite stories for Red Hood, and then he wrote one of my other favorite stories for I want to say Image, and then he also created Doomed, which is a fun character that nobody I likes do. but me. So like, it does suck that what's happening with his career is now going to be looked upon with darkness if everything pans out. Yeah, but you know. We, we won't know until we know, which sucks. Yeah. But I do hope that more people come out with their stories. Yeah. And then we can finally, like, root out the bad people and just only have good, positive creators. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, comic, and I've said this many times, comics are for everyone. Yeah. That's what the motto we've used in the store. We've used it a million times. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, you know, you shouldn't, you should, comic books should make you feel safe. Yes, they deal with, they exactly. deal with topics that may make you feel uneasy. Yeah, but I think that's the but point. But that's the point. They're, they're, the stories. The stories. They're, they're, they're stories. Mm-hmm. But comic books themselves should be for everyone. You should be exercised because you're a female. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to something fun. I know. Michael Keaton is returning for Batman, uh, as Batman for the upcoming Flash film. Now, we don't know if this is Flashpoint Batman because from other anything. other things I've heard from like Deadline and Hollywood Reporter, which may not be 100% good sources, but they're still decent. Yeah. They said that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is still supposed to come back and Keaton is just supposed to be someone else. There's two theories going on right now. Yeah. One is the bad one and one is the good one. <laughs> one is they just are going to have Keaton replace Batman. Yeah. Uh, replace Ben Affleck as Batman and just kind of be like, he's the new old Batman, whatever. It's dumb. Yeah. But, like, Batman was originally supposed to be, like, the Nick Fury. Because, like, he shows up in Suicide Squad, and he shows up in uh, Batman v Superman and then Justice League, and he's, like, this whole, like, behind-the-scenes kind of guy. Yeah. And the second theory is it's from a different Earth or the future, and Ben Affleck turns into Michael Keaton, who... Oh, no, there's three. Turns into Michael Keaton, who's Batman Beyond, or he's just Batman Beyond, period. I don't like any of these. You don't like the Terry McGinnis Batman Beyond? I know. Thing, I, no, the, no, I don't mind that, but I don't like that in Flash film. There also was no, there was a book, uh, I think it was Flash, eighty seven. Yeah, Old Man Flash shows up. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Batman Beyond. Sorry. No, no, there's a, yeah, there's a bat, there's a Flash issue. I think it's either f- like four eighty seven or just eighty seven of a series. 
Um, Flash, it, it came out around the same time as the Batman Michael Keaton movie. Yeah. Flash goes to a different Earth, and it's the Batman Earth, because the it, it says, uh, Flash teams up with Batman, but it's not the Batman you think, and it's the logo from the new one. I saw an image somewhere on right. the cover. So it could be Flash is just running through Earths, and he happens to fall upon Michael Keaton's like 86, 86 Batman yeah. movie, and Michael Keaton's there as an older version, dons a newer version of the suit, fights crime for three seconds and then helps Flash get out of that world. It could be like act one, like he's stuck or something. Yeah. Like, I don't think Michael Keaton's going to have a huge role. No. I think it's going to mostly be a Flashpoint movie. Yeah, and it should be. If that's going to be the case, let it just be Flashpoint. Yeah. I just think he's going to show up because it's cool. Like yeah. the crawl of Christ's son Infinite Earth thing with right. Arrow. It's cool to be like, oh, look, there's that. Yeah. It's a cool Easter egg. That's what, it, and I think it should stay like that. Yeah. Uh, it, it should either be a cold open or like a cool nod in the middle. Like, yeah. Look, there it is. Like when Flash runs through time in the end of the first or second season in the Arrowverse, and you see uh, John Wesley ships Flash, you see Supergirl, yeah. and you see um, something else. So it's cool to just be like, oh, cool, look, other things are connected. Exactly, that's what it is. That's all it is, so. As much as I'd like to see Keaton become the new Batman, just because we Pattinson's might not be connected. Yeah, and I just so don't want... probably Michael, isn't connected, I should and say. And I don't want Michael Keaton to be Batman. I, I don't want them to rehash stuff. Like, exactly. It's cool, but we don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. That'd be like going back and be like, oh, I'm going to recast... That's why it should be an Easter egg. Right. Uh, it's, it's literally like if they went and relaunched the X-Men movie, and everyone's a new cast except, for, except for Hugh Jackman. Yeah, I'm like... Wolverine. Like, come on. Like, guys. It'd be cool if he's old man Logan in like a weird futuristic time travel right f- uh, i don't mind egg. that like he's got the the he has the coat on right and he's walking in the desert and that's all you see right that's you a know. cool thing to see yes i don't mind that yeah, but, but you i don't, don't want him need... to be wolverine right because yeah. i like i already got through that like we, we got, got 20 years of that. yeah we got that <laughs> so i don't need michael keaton batman yeah. so it'd be cool to see him but he doesn't need to be the batman right he just needs to be a batman Th- yes if that makes sense Th- yes I agree. So I'm going to jump into, I'm going to skip that, number six. I'm going to jump into seven. Sounds good. Because uh, I saw it this morning. I don't I'm even like, know what this is. All right, so. I know what it is, but yes. I don't know like, so, what All right, guys. So London in 2021 is now to become Mega City 1 from Judge Dredd. Um, not itself really, really going to become Mega City 1. We're not headed that. It's going to be like a little event. 20, that yeah, 2020 is like not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> So it's not that bad that London itself became Mega City 1. We need judge, jury, and executioner. Yeah. So, <laughs> for those who don't know, Mega City 1's one, it's the main um, setting for the Judge Strike comics. Yeah. What's going to be happening in London, a uh, piece of the cities will become uh, Mega City 1 itself. Yeah. And it's going to have a bunch of interactive pieces that you're living in the world That's of really Judge Strike. Cool. I think we're going to take a trip. I know. I kind of <laughs> want to. Um, and then quarantine for two weeks afterwards. Um, <laughs> hey, there's like you get to suit up. You get to do like things like go in the laser. There's a I know there's a laser. Why um, can't that happen here? Uh, they do them every once in a while. I did one for Marvel. Ooh, fancy. Um, I became a shield laser. It's really cool. Um, you there's a laser. Um, like uh, the one big thing is like there's a laser tag like fighting your 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 like the judges going out like uh, fighting against like, these guys. And you're like shooting your lasers. That's really cool. So and there's a bunch of other things they have planned. Um, I would just want to wrap like a gun. His gun is tight. Yeah, that's what you use. That's the laser gun you get to use in it. And it's really cool. Um, they did experiences like this before. Uh, they've done Avengers experience um, on a small scale. Um, Comic-Con usually does like a little experience. Like the first couple years Ash vs. Evil Dead was out, they had like the front of the... Right. Or like the back, I guess, the back alleyway where the food trucks are. Yeah. He transformed into either a South Park or an Ash vs. Evil Dead like 
studio and then like you like walk around and see some things. It was very right. small, but it, like I know yes, what you mean. it's it's just like that, but on a bigger scale. Yeah, like a like a city wide, like a so, block and a half. Yes, so it's kind of cool when it. Yes, that's exactly what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool like to see that experience. They've done that like with uh, uh, Marvel. They've done, like they've done it mostly like, in Nevada where they've done like these uh, big giant tent setups. Yeah. But like it's like these dome tents yeah, that they have in these, style. yeah, and they do in these uh, normally outdoor bigger areas. Yeah, like where Burning Man is, right? <laughs> you know, not that far in the middle. That's where you know people I mean. die. Um, <laughs> that's where drug runners and like mm-hmm. burnout hippies go. Um, but yeah, that's what it is. It's kind of cool. I definitely want to see more about um, what they're going to do because I definitely want. I know the laser tag thing is what I wanted to see. I was like, oh, that's crazy. I have to be judged for a day. Mm-hmm. Um. But it sucks that it's going to happen only in London. But it makes sense because yeah. 2080 was written for uh, one 2080. Yeah. Um, hold on, sorry. I was looking up exactly what it was. Uh, it was written by like a UK studio, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah. But I'm, no, I'm looking up the uh, what the actual uh, thing will entail. Uh, do do Five zones, a laser tag, uh, and one of them's a laser tag, uh, laser tag combat arena. <laughs> nice. Um, it's a live experience, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's, uh, part comic book, part sci-fi film, part immersive theater, part escape room, part action pack, action adventure park, Ooh, an and, in, and indoor, uh, indoor theme park, yeah. Cool. It's a whole so bunch of stuff. like a huge thing. That's yeah, awesome. It's gonna be fucking insane. So yeah, that's 2021, so I can't wait till that we, we're actually able to travel again and, uh, go see We might things. book a trip. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Ant. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna be there. We're we're, we're live casting from uh yeah. from the arena as we get shot at. That'd be a cool podcast episode where we just not live stream. Like, yeah, right? we talk about like we, the experience. We do with the going. experience, then go back to the hotel yeah. record. Hell yeah, we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Money's a thing, guys. Just us two though. <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck, fuck the wives. Just us two. All, yeah, that too. <laughs> that and uh, money thing, guys. So if you want to kick stuff after us, oh yeah, we'll open a <laughs> Patreon for just let's, let us go to Dread. <laughs> yeah, Dreadcon. I <laughs> know. <laughs> all right. All right. So. Marvel launches a new Teen Titans Go style show called Marvel Battle World. Yay! All right, so the animation style looks tight, and it's like a fun kids show. But like, yeah, you said you watched a couple of them. Right? I didn't watch the episode, so I was watching Spider Man. I was watching Spider Man uh, Maximum Venom the other day, okay, and it yeah. was the ad. It's the first time okay, I saw that, the ad you said for it. About it. I'm like, that looks kind of cool. Yeah, it's not exactly a Teen Titans Go style show. It's just no. a kids cartoon with the characters shrunk down to chibi size. Yes, I believe the trailer shows off. Spider-Ham, like Spider-Ham Captain Iron Marvel, Man. Iron Man, I think Groot, Groot, and one more character. There's five of them in there. I'll tell you right now, in fact. Yeah, so it's just cool to see that Marvel is trying to do more kid shows again, besides like the Disney XD ones. Because I remember they did Marvel Superhero Squad show, and that show was awesome when I was. And a kid. the first episode's actually on right now. Yeah, it's on YouTube and on Disney oh, Frog. XD. Throg, okay, the I knew Frog, it was something. Frog, Frog Thor. So it was, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be on uh, Disney XD and YouTube, yes. and then eventually it'll be on uh, Disney Plus. Yes, because it's on Marvel HQ now, actually. Yeah. Um, How long are they? Not long. They are like five, five minutes long. Yeah, like five, five minutes, minutes long. Yeah. Um, so what is in Quest uh, to Conquer the Universe? Thanos using Infinity Gauntlet to create Battle World, a planet made of patchwork of different world continents, where he has encapsulated all possible. Th- Encapsulate all possible possible effects from across the multiverse in in Thanos stones. Mm-hmm. So it's a mix between like Secret Wars and like Infinity Gauntlet. Cool. So yeah, I uh, again they're short little clips. It's very cool if you want to get your kids into it. Um, sit there and watch something with them. Um, it's I know you know I, I was gonna put a comic book out tie in with it. Oh yeah, like a one shot or like a five issue mini or, or mini series. I say, oh here you go. Yeah. Like that would be tied to it. So. Um, 
yeah, definitely that's going to be new. So definitely check it out. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cute. I recommend checking it out. So I'll wrap up news before we get into our cool topic this week. Uh, news this week, rounding out, is Nickelodeon is rebooting TMNT with a new CGI, CGI film from Seth Rogen's production film, Point Grey Studios, and Paramount. Um, duh. Hell yeah, dude. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, another, it's time for another TMT movie coming out. Um, what, it, what it's about, we don't know. Um, uh, is it going to be a longer franchise? Uh, a better franchise? I hope. I think it's going to be in the same style as the um, animated movie we got back in 2008. I love that Where it's one. like the grittier style. Oh, I loved it. It was great. I love that movie. But like, I think we're going to get like the style of that, but with the um, world of... I don't want to say the world of the new stuff, like the world of the comics. I think it's going to be more comic-based. Yeah. Where we're going to have, like, the Mutanimals show up and right. be, like, the first major bad guys. Or Rocksteady and Bebop being the first one instead of being in the second one, like right. in the old movies. I, I don't want to see another Shredder movie. Every movie we watch, Shredder's the bad guy. Well, yeah. Duh, we get it! Well, he's the most iconic. Just like we talked about, like, Shredder, Krang, and Rocksteady and Bebop yeah. those are the four biggest guys that they Well, even, there, even in the original run of the comics, it was really... Shredder died in the first issue. Oh. His first appearance, he died. And then it was Karai, it was the rest of it was Karai in the hand. Yeah, that's why Urban Legends is also right. picking up on that, where it's like weird and gritty. But yeah. Yeah, I'm down to see Seth Rogen's. It's not just Seth Rogen; it's like his whole company. So yeah. it's like Evan Goldberg and a bunch of their other friends. I don't think it's going to be a Seth Rogen like he voices Leo. No, or like no, no, James Franco. Uh, James Franco voices Raphael. Like no, it's not going to be that. No, it could be, but I don't think it's going to be. No, that. I think they make serious movies every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, and I think like, the whole... I wouldn't be surprised if we see one of those guys voice a character, right? Whether it be Casey Jones or let's say if a Seth Rogen voices Bebop, yeah. For example, I think the whole thing is, I think. Um... We're so used to uh, to adaptations being live action, where we're like, we well, need the movies at least, right? Except we, for that one. Well, what I mean is like for comic books, like oh, comic books need to be a live a live action adaptation somewhere. Look at Seth Rogen doing Invincible. Well, what I mean is, I'm talking about like like, like, like Turtles before. Oh yeah, Turtles yeah, yeah. Have always had a live action adaptation, minus in that the one animated movie they Which did was probably the best movie they did, right? You know. So same thing. Like now, it's like you couldn't like nowadays. You like right now, besides Enter besides Enter the Spider Verse, um, you couldn't be like, hey, I want to do uh, a Secret Wars animated two hour movie. Yeah. No, it would be direct to DVD, mm-hmm. just like the DC uh, movies we talked about. Yeah. So them going out and making a hopefully fra- rebooted franchise for um, Timothy and doing it in, in, what they're looking to do, in a CGI like animated format. Yeah, yeah, in an animated format, it's cool. I think it's, it's a, I think it's a break. From having this constant, you know, you you don't have to worry about things of characters being aged out. You know, you don't have to worry or about the turtles looking ugly. Right. I did like the last two movies. Don't get me wrong. Right. I think they're decent films. Yeah. They're definitely better than the last. Like, okay, so the first original turtles movie, gold, cheesy gold. I love it. Two and three, and eh, no, but the other two movies are definitely like they're not terrible. Right. But I would like to see better things. So I do hope that this is in par with the style of the new stuff where it's like a little grittier. Yeah. And the animation storytelling of the 2008 movie. Right. Where it's like, yes, it is dark and gritty like the, the movies, but also it's like like solid brother work rather yeah. than just being like, oh, Raph's the main character of this movie because right. he's the biggest voice actor. Right. You know and mean? that's the thing. And, and, and you don't have to worry about... Johnny Knoxville in there. Right. And you know, that's the whole thing. It's not the... Um... The thing, one big thing that we lose when uh, one of the big things that we gain from leaving the live action thing behind and going strictly to animation, whether it's CGI or not, is that the designs kind of fit better into the world you're around you. The problem is by trying to do things like CGI, you're trying to make or 
uh, shooting, uh, having them in suits like they did in the original yeah, the TMNT. Turtles interact with people. They, yes. The problem is when you do that, they interact with people so that they look out of place all the time. Yeah. Like, even watching Umbrella Academy, that's got, like, a good budget. But yeah. seeing Pogo show up, you know he's CGI. Right. Besides, like, we've seen, like, good monkey CGI with, oh, um, plenty. with Planet Apes. And they still look like CGI. Yeah. But they look good. But, like, and then you see, if you watch the Turtles movies, you see Megan Fox and Will Arnett running around, you're like, yeah, those are just giant CGI turtles hanging out with them. Right. Like, we know this. Yeah. Even, but the old movies, they kind of mask it a little well because, yes, they're costumes, but, but like, at least the they problem. look realistic. But yeah. then it, it does become a problem. Because the problem is because they're in costume you and they tell. look cartoony. There's a scene in one of the movies where Donatello is yelling and you can see the eyes through the mouth. Yeah. And once you see it, you can never unsee it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. But also, like I said, the bigger thing is, like, their costumes. Like, yeah. so they look really bad. Mm-hmm. Like, it looks really bad when you think about it. Yeah. Because it looks like, oh, you bought that at Target. <laughs> That's what you did. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. So I think it's kind of cool that they're rebooting onto it. Uh, rebooting the franchise. Yeah, we're, fi- we're finally going to get another CG Turtles movie besides yeah. just a bunch of TV shows. Yes. I, I, I like Turtles anyway. One oh, day, yeah, no. I, I watch anything Turtles. I think we should do an episode about the Turtles eventually. I'm down. Yeah, that's fair. We did miss their hundredth, but we'll get another. I one. mean, yeah, that's I mean, we forgot about it. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll do one twenty-five. No, I think we didn't. Or... We, I think we didn't do because another milestone was coming out. Was supposed to come Possibly. out. Possibly, maybe Action Comics. No. Uh, Detective, I mean, what came out? Anyway, who cares? Anyway, um, yeah, we'll cover the turtles at some point. I'll definitely add <laughs> that to the list. All right. So we're going to move on to our topic of the week. Topic uh, of the week. I yeah. believe we cover it in the beginning of that, but we do have a special little interview that we will get to. You will hear our audio quality change, but a nice little interview with a creator that you know and love who's been on the show before. Yes. So get ready for that, guys. We'll be back in a little bit. Hey, guys. Welcome to this week's topic. Uh, normally, we have a history or something tied into current events, but this time we decided to reach out to an old guest uh, and interview writer and artist Luciano Vecchio, basing on his new book, Serrano, which is on Comixology right now. I definitely recommend go picking it up. It's a fantastic, awesome book. Uh, I loved every minute of it. So uh, with me is Hunter. Hunter's recording this because we are not in our normal (laughs) studio. And uh, Luciano's with us, of course. (laughs) Hi, guys. (laughs) So, uh, well, I guess we'll jump right in. Uh, One, I love your book. I loved reading it uh it took me like two days to read it i would read all my breaks at work <laughs> so um i loved every minute of it i love the art i love the characters it was fantastic thank it you it was a very fun and fast <laughs> read it was very entertaining i was reading it i was like i, I gotta stop because i gotta do other things i can't just binge read this whole thing or i'm gonna lose my I whole know. day <laughs> oh thank you so much i really yeah, no problem thank you i'm really glad you like that oh it was awesome i loved it so uh, I guess we'll ask jump into the first question. Uh, what made you come up with the idea for your uh, for your creator own title, Serrano? Well, the character came first. Uh, I created him in a, in a workshop I was doing a character creation workshop, and the like the exercise was uh, focused on uh, observing. Uh, the works from pop culture, music, movies, comics that really made uh, an impact on you and like form your your being, your worthy being, uh, anything that was really emotionally significant for you. So mm-hmm. and try to use that as the uh, mold or 
the basis for what you want to create uh, through a process of many steps. And what I ended up with was this character who is a superhero, he's queer, he's magical, uh, he combines a lot of uh, diverse influences from manga, from American comics, from uh, poetry, um, magic, mysticism, uh, and anyway, and bundle it all up in one character that uh, for me uh, represents something that doesn't abound a lot, which is a male queer character uh, being the lead of his own series in a series that isn't necessarily focus about uh, on queer identity but the 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 way it's told uh, it is uh, inevitably informed by a queer uh, point of view yeah. and the way he interacts he, the way he approaches conflicts enemies uh, and, and all that so the next Step, I guess uh, when, when I actually started making a comic about this character, the next challenge was uh, to figure out what the story was, what the the enemies were, <laughs> how, what was the, the arc told about uh, uh, this, how, uh, the, who the enemies are, what, what they mean, and, and what happens in the clash of the hero and the supervillains, and that's where the magic finally happened. Yeah, a lot of that mysticism really shows through, like all the magic, all the influences you have, like it really shows throughout each individual issue and almost every single panel just shows off like how much you like poured into this character for creating him, for creating the world, just it, it shines everywhere. Awesome. It does. It, it, it's fantastic because, like, even the way they speak is like very poetic. Um, uh, one of my favorite characters in the book is Malflash, and the way he talks, it's like a poem. I, I love it. Oh well, <laughs> thank you. I, I, I hope it, it's. I mean, it, I obviously wrote it in Spanish first, mm -hmm. so I was very afraid uh, of how much of it will work and how how it will read in English. Uh, oh, luckily, really well. I had a friend. Alexandro Segade, uh, who is also a writer and artist himself, and, and he helped correct the translation. So uh, I'm I'm really glad that it comes oh, through. It's fantastic. If you didn't it's know fantastic. this was a um, if you didn't know this wasn't an English comic book, you could not tell. Like it it, it came off translated very well, and it all the things you talked about with the mysticism, with the poetry, it really shines into that. And you can't tell that it was a foreign comic before it came to Comixology. So that's really amazing. Oh, that's, thank you. That's, <laughs> that's really reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it came off really, you know, like, good and solid. And, like, I didn't see any, like, jumps in anything. Like, it all made sense. I wasn't confused at all. So it was good. All right, so let's move on to right, the second question. Uh, what was your main inspiration, like, for the world or the characters or the style? Um... um so I guess uh, I have my, my own uh, like pantheon of characters that influence me. 
Like starting with Wonder Woman as the archetype of anti-patriarchal superhero, awesome. uh, but then I, I I always like orbited. I don't know if that's a word. Uh, towards <laughs> uh, like the, the sensitive characters like Jericho in Teen Titans or Raven, um, uh, Ang from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Awesome. Uh, even Kyle Rayner uh, as Green Lantern, I think. Yeah, I was gonna be... say this very. It, so it that, comes off like an Avatar uh, style book, like you, from what you told us before. It, it's oh, yeah. a like a it's a Sailor Moon meets Batman Beyond, but I saw some sprinkles of Avatar in there. Right. <laughs> I love yeah, it. absolutely. Like the, um, I mean, the the, the the those kind of characters that uh, challenge the warrior archetype. Mm -hmm. uh, which is uh, the most present in the superhero channel. Uh, I wanted to. I think we, in general we we need to uh, explore the possibilities of the the warrior archetype in a way that it gets more complex than just beating up an enemy until you win uh, out of strength. Mm -hmm. Because that is usually the tool of the oppressor more than, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, and yeah, when really we are taking part in, on on different fights and challenges, we benefit from uh, having a broader uh, arsenal of tools to succeed. So that that's what I intended to explore with this um yeah inspirations well all the kind of characters and yes uh, batman beyond is a visual inspiration because i wanted to contrast this magic and mysticism with an hyper technological uh, set and mm. um, what else uh well and the, the magic girls genre uh, especially Sailor Moon, but uh, I mean there are tons of examples. But Sailor Moon is is very special to me, uh, and I wanted to take that archetype and channel it through a boy. So Sereno is like a magic boy in yeah. this situation. Uh, and visual, visually, the the influences are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, you you can uh, you can identify visual reference in the character designs and the, the aesthetic, um, but also it's it's like a, an exercise of freedom because I I was. When I did this, uh, I made it as a weekly webcomic. I was doing one page a week while I was working on mainstream comics. Mm -hmm. So this was my space to be experimental and try page compositions and draw first and write the dialogue later and, and all kind of ex experiments, that creative experiments that I usually can do with my professional work. Mm -hmm. Um, and also the the visual style, the the, the limited color palette is uh, something I, I since I didn't have a lot of time to work on this, I wanted to to go 
make it fast. Uh, so it is almost black and white, but I use uh, like accent colors, one or two for uh, in each episode, mm-hmm. and it works as a narrative poetic tool. The color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's, that answers pretty yeah, much. Yeah, no, that definitely shows. Like each uh, <laughs> issue, as yeah, each issue like one through seven or so, um, like shows off what color you're going to be accenting it with. Like the first one's green, the second one is yellow, then it's red or orange. So it, it's cool to see how you're able to weave those into uh, everything while making your character who's just purely white with like a light blue accent go up against like a black character with some green accents and stuff. And it, it's cool. And your palette really. Uh, kind of makes the story it does it does help accent like even um when he's going against phobos um that black and that black and red um makes your hero stand out a lot more when he's fighting him it was actually really cool uh because it takes your it makes you focus on the hero more than it does like the chaos around him it's actually really cool yeah he's the center of attention he's the light of the story All right, so I guess I'll jump into number three then. Um, how long uh, before you finally developed the idea? Um, well, uh, I think pre-production was uh, like a few years of having this project laying around, you know? Yeah. How you, you, you will make a sketch now and then. Mm-hmm. But when I started serializing uh, one page a week, it was uh, almost two years okay. to complete the, this first volume. Uh, yeah, because it's 52 pages a year, and it's a hundred and something. Yeah, so, like 116, I think. Yeah, it was almost two years of a weekly webcomic, mm-hmm. and then it was collected here in in, in Argentina. It was collected in uh, in one graphic novel. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much how long it took to make. Oh wow! It's actually a, a good production time. Shorter than I thought it would take to make yeah. something like that. <laughs> For something as stylized as that, you think it would take I, a little bit longer, but that's awesome. Yeah, I guess I'm very. Uh, you seem very work oriented. You're like done, 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 done. Me too. Sorry. Yeah. That's all good. So, um, are there any plans for like a sequel or spinoff stuff in the works, or is that not crossing your mind right now? Um, I have started a second volume. The first three episodes are already up in Spanish. Awesome. Uh, and I have to translate them. And I have another uh, series that already started. All, the, all this uh, was part of a collective uh, web in here in Argentina uh, with other authors. Mm-hmm. So everything is available there. The, the web is totemcomics dot com dot r totem um, ar um, so the the everything else is already there in Spanish I have to get to translate those <laughs> and I didn't finish the second volume yet I interrupt my work on it when I started working full time on Ironheart for Marvel mm-hmm. because it took all my time and focus yeah. uh, so. Yeah, I, I I have become a little distance from the work, and I I'm through this process of translating and publishing in English. I'm trying to reconnect to eventually get to to end the story. 
Uh, but I also like that the the first volume is very self-contained, so oh, yeah. there can be more. But but I wanted it to be like that that it, it works as a, a story in itself, yeah. and it, it doesn't need the continuation. Yeah, it's it always does. good when um, I won't spoil the ending. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the ending here on the show. I definitely recommend people going out and reading it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely it is a self-contained story. Like the way it ends, you can be like, "All right, cool, I'm satisfied." But I definitely want more because there are. I, I want to spoil it so bad. Um, <laughs> but there's like there's like one or two like pieces of the ending. I'm like, I want more of that. I want more of this. And I'm like, ah, I can't yeah, wait. There's like stuff that like hints towards bigger world building that we just want to see more of. But it is good to have when artists and writers are able to self-contain yeah. their stories. But it, it's cool when you can be like, hey, there is more that we can share. But, you know, maybe we'll trickle it down over time. Or maybe, you know, you get to interpret it for yourself. So I think that's always fun. Yeah. All right. So um, I'll just jump to number five. I, 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 you kind of sort of already answered number five. Um, if there's any uh, plans for trade payback in the United States. I know you can't personally answer that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to. Um, I, I I hope so. I so far I didn't get a publisher interested in it, mm-hmm. but so that's why I decided to, you know, like, I waited enough. Uh, this will be digital and available mm-hmm. now, yeah. and if eventually I can get a publisher to get it in print, I would love to. I'm open to it and. But I, I I didn't want to keep waiting for that to. Oh yeah, no, I got you. You wanted, to, you wanted everybody to, to read it, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> and Comicsology is a pretty like, good I, platform. Like I need the, I, yeah. Um, <laughs> do you have any other plans for creator-owned titles? Um. Yes, a few. I mean, I have to to finish this. Um. Yeah, that there are, like plans in the background of yeah. my head but uh, I'm not like actively working on on it right now I mean um, yeah I'm more like uh, ideas and early stages yeah that's fair right okay. you, you, okay. you got some of volume 2 working on and then you got all your busy Marvel work and your tops card just came out for Scarlet Witch so getting everything exciting you know <laughs> <laughs> yes, this were some to do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I guess we'll move away from uh, your book, which again, uh, we recommend you going out on Comicsology and getting copy. Um, we'll have a link in the description of the podcast, um, so you can click on that on all social medias also. Yeah, I believe it's only um, so three dollars or something for one hundred and sixteen pages of phenomenal mm-hmm. work. So that is a bargain and a half for something that's awesome. So yeah, we'll definitely put the link in the description. Yeah, oh, dude, the price point's phenomenal. <laughs> so, um, I'll jump to um, some real world stuff. Um, I know we've all kind of been locked up in our houses uh, since the quarantine and pandemic. Uh, so, what were some of the stuff that uh, kept you going during this lockdown? Um, well, it's tough. <laughs> it's been tough, <laughs> and it still is for me. I'm a believer myself. So with my cats, so uh, <laughs> I I try to keep in contact uh, with my friends uh, on a daily basis, and you know, like video chatting or whatever gives a, a sense of uh, 
no less still sharing your life with people mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, and what else um well i i <laughs> luckily i had started therapy right before the lockdown started and all this happened for different reasons but yeah. it's been super helpful um in general i don't know my work has been affected by the uh, distribution stop and the industry readjusting to everything so yeah. i i use the chance to focus on doing a lot of commissions which i usually don't have the time for yeah, so that that was a something that kept me busy and inspired um, i don't know i i, I uh, even was inspired to do like uh, the, those amalgam series I made that were, were oh, very popular I love online. Those are the kind of stuff that I say, well, what, why am I doing this? Why am I putting energy and time on something that is just for fun, you know? But yeah, yeah it like lubricates your mechanism, your creativity. So yeah. I am allowing me myself to do more of that. Um, other than that, I'm like, uh, I don't know, I'm <laughs> uh, <laughs> focusing a lot on taking care of myself, um, meditating, um, cleaning up my space. Um, <laughs> right now, I'm in the, pros- the middle of the process of uh, doing a house cleanup and getting rid of stuff and going through my uh, previous published work and original art and I don't know. I'm using the chance to to go through the personal stuff and processes. Uh, I don't know. I hope I, I get out of this experience uh, more strong or whatever. I'm glad that uh, you're going out there to take care of your mental health thing. We've, uh, we've talked about mental health on the show many times. So uh, yeah, definitely, it's awesome that you're that you were able to get that uh, right before the started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I really needed it. I mean, I, I, I uh, struggled with uh, being vulnerable in public, but I, it it was uh, mentally tough. Uh, yeah. the, especially the first weeks. I now I'm more used to, uh, like when, once you get used to whatever seems kind of normal and stable. No. But at the first, it was like, poof. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was jarring. Oh, yeah. But you're good now. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, let's shift over to some Marvel work. Uh, how was your experiences with uh, working on the f- two volumes of Ironheart and then uh, Marvel Voices? Uh, well, Ironheart was incredible. Uh, it was, mm, I think it was my favorite professional experience to date, uh, because I don't know, it just worked on so many levels. It was my first work for uh, the main canon Marvel Universe, and mm-hmm. um, uh, working with writer Ewing, e- uh, it was the best experience. I, I I love her work and. I discovered her work through working with her. Yeah. Um, she became like my favorite writer right away. <laughs> uh, it was like super inspiring and moving. And it 
like hit the it seemed like planned but it wasn't it was accidental but it hit like every emotional chord i wanted to work with i mean uh i don't know even if you compare now my my personal work that i did actually before uh mm -hmm. you can see like there there are some uh, elements that resonate in in the emotional work of the characters and mm -hmm. uh, so yeah it was uh, uh, I love that experience mm -hmm. and voices was like also a, a very welcome surprise because uh, I was invited as artist mm -hmm. for that anthology and mm -hmm. um, I was uh, like uh, expecting or wishing like that some queer writer will will participate on, on in an anthology and mm -hmm. I will be assigned that script and get to collaborate mm -hmm. like that. But then I went to the to the personal process of saying, wait, what I really would like to happen is uh, being able to make my own story. Like this is the story I, I would like to see in print with every queer character of the Marvel Universe mm -hmm. getting together because of their shared queer identity. Mm -hmm. um, I will propose it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took the chance and uh, the editor, Chris Robinson, uh, was open to to it. Uh, so I, I actually just pitch the story it was only one page so it was um an easy risk yeah. so i just sketched and wrote the, the page and i showed it to him and i mean if he said no it it wouldn't have been too much of a loss but i wanted to get it out and and show it and and he liked it and everyone liked it and they let me do it all right art and color so Wow. Yeah, awesome. I'm super proud of it uh, because it, it's something I really wanted to see on page. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that just that's. Uh, it's it awesome looking. Um, I remember when we got more voices because we have a couple copies still left at, at the store, and uh, I was like, "Oh, what?" They're like, "Oh, this is awesome. I do like it. Um, it's cool to see them all together. Um, it's really cool." I like uh, I like I like that type of like scene where you can see everyone like we are all different but we all share the same thing. Yes, and I love it. I really it was, do like it was that. Cool to see how flexible um, uh, Marvel I, was with you to cool. uh, let you pitch that out, and they accepted it with open arms. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it, it was cool that they uh, really did go out there and go. Yeah, sure. You know, again, it was a, a risk, and you took it. It was awesome. It paid off. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so um, I'll jump to the next question, and I know we talked about this before we started recording. Uh, I know you really, really can't say much about it. Um, so you, I know you've been working on New Warriors, um, which hasn't gotten a release date yet. Uh, so what can you actually talk about it? Um, not much, really, uh, <laughs> other than what's been said. Uh, but I really can't wait for it to be out, so we... So people can actually read the story and all the the work we put in it and and yeah and be able to actually talk about the the work once it's out there. Yeah, I'm awesome. super excited for it. I, I like Kibble Smith and I 
uh, like all the characters that you guys put into that, and I really hope that we can finally get it because I think it's going to be awesome. All right, let's yeah, move on I'll... to the uh, next one. Uh, what are your favorite comic books slash projects you've worked on so far? You know, like Voices, Ironheart, uh, Sereno. No, Network. Fix yourself. You. Okay, hey. it's good. We're good. <laughs> Alright, um, so what were your favorite right, comic uh, book projects uh, you worked on so far? Like Ironheart, Voices, Sereno, anything that you got like hiding in the background, like commissions or something? Um, yeah, I guess I will be very redundant, but everything we, we talked so far <laughs> yeah. were yeah. my favorite. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying what I'm doing with uh, Commission Works and how it was picked up for the Tops digital trading card game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I, I really like the, these uh, just drawing characters in in these like wholesome poses, mm-hmm. epic, yeah. heroic. Uh, I really like the like the um, you know the the Marvel handbooks and this is who's who. I like mm-hmm. that those kind of books where you just have like profile pages with the characters in an awesome pose. So I. Uh, Doing that is my 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 way of channeling that spirit. Um, another favorite works. I don't know. I I recently like going through my uh, bookshelf. I found it, uh, <laughs> one issue of uh, this is bombshells that I I draw uh, nice. a while ago, and it was really. One of my favorite because I, I got to draw Wonder Woman and Casey and Donna and I colored it myself too. And it was only one uh, feeling collaboration, uh, but it's I really like that one. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. What other uh, DC work have you done? Um, like, so uh, I'll just... I remember you did a little bit on like some of the animated digital stuff. Uh, any like, what did you really yeah, do for DC? I... Most of my work for DC was for the animated based comics like Beware yeah. the Batman, Green Lantern Animated, Young Justice. Um, and yeah, well, the, the DC Bombshells was digital first, so mm-hmm. that's why how I got there. That's um, awesome. And what else? I did some custom comics, which are pretty much invisible work, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I, I love doing also because it was fun it was i i was able to work with the Justice League, yeah, but nobody sees it so it's <laughs> it's a very weird feel because yeah, it's that I, thing you posted up the other day i, I right? think it's it's uh, really i made a really good work but uh, you won't have seen it <laughs> was it that justice league jolts thing you posted up the other day yes it was uh, like made for con edison the, mm. the electricity company so I don't know how it was distributed to the public. <laughs> hey, it still works. Fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You still got to yeah. draw the Justice League, which is awesome. All right. So um, I guess I'll jump into the uh, next question. Um, what would be your dream project to work on? Uh, whether you would love to, whether it be from Marvel, DC, Independent, whatever. What would be your dream project or dream character to work with? Well, I I keep. Go into the same answers with this question. I, <laughs> I, if I want, if I were to work for DC, my favorite characters are Wonder Woman and Young Justice. That 
the bone or Teen Titans, but Young Justice now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that that archetype, which mm-hmm. is well, it, it is kind of cool that uh, New Warriors uh, uh, taps into that spirit within Marvel. Mm-hmm. I, uh, and within Marvel, I yeah, I, I like this time this kind of team books. You know, like. Yeah. Uh, Young Avengers, Champions, uh, so that, that that's what I enjoy the most. And I really love collaborating with female queer and POC uh, writers. So I hope mm-hmm. I get more of that in the future. Okay. Because uh, it, those are the voices I'm more interested in as uh, as a reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I I guess that's answer. Yeah. Um, right. um want to hit number 12? Yeah, are you working on anything right now that you're allowed to talk about besides the um Sereno sequels, spin-outs and stuff? Cuz we know you can't talk about New Warriors. Or, or like other uh, stuff. Is there anything else you can talk about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, not really. There, there's no, nothing else I can talk about right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that's good though. You got some secrets. <laughs> <laughs> We have to wait for some solicitations now. Thanks, man. Exactly. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta wait till that new Warriors drops. <laughs> All right. So, um, I guess I'll wrap this up um, with uh, two things. One, thank you for coming uh, and spending your afternoon with us uh, and taking time out to sit and interview with us and talk about the, your awesome new creator-owned series. Um, but so to end this interview, uh, plug yourself. What can you talk about? What your what your social medias are? Um, any projects that are that you can talk about that are coming out shortly? Uh, yeah, it's all about you, man. The floor is yours. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me and um, for reading Sereno, uh, which can be found on Comixology. Uh, and my social media, you can follow me on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. Uh, my name is Luciano Vecchio. And like Twitter is Luciano Vecchio, Instagram is Luciano Vecchio Art, and Facebook is Art of Luciano Vecchio. So <laughs> if you Google me, you will find me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, awesome. Easy to find. So, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much. Yeah, it's an easy find. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess I'll wrap this up. And uh, again, thank you so much for uh, coming, uh, spending your time with us. And guys, I definitely recommend you guys going out to Comixology. Go out there, buy the book on Comicsology. Go get some pieces done for commissions because the art is the bomb. I love your art so much. One of them is my now background on my phone. I took my wife off my background phone, and that's now my background. <laughs> um, I love your art that much. Um, yeah, go out there, get some pieces done. Um, grab some Iron Heart. It's in trade paperback now. Um, some of the issues are still available. I know it's out singly oh actually uh i can say this um both iron heart and marvel voices are uh, available for free now at marvel universe i think it's called the service oh marvel unlimited okay unlimited yeah, yeah. okay so that the, there are i don't know if it's temporary or for good but uh, they are uh, available for free there. awesome awesome definitely so there you guys go go check those issues out on marvel unlimited uh, well, they're free still, so definitely check out this man's super crazy art. I love it, uh, and thanks for coming, man. Thank you so much.
Alright guys, and now we're here to talk about some book reviews. Was that a wonderful interview we did actually in front of you at this time? That was a fantastic interview if I edited this properly. <laughs> <laughs> if I edit it wrong, you guys are going to be like, what the fuck is happening? Anyway, right, so, so we had a nice interview with Luciano. Yes. Now we are moving on to our book reviews. We will be talking about his title book, Sereno, which we didn't talk that much about during the in the interviews we were just talking to him. Yeah. We got like the world building, we got like the stylization, yeah. but we we'll get more into it as the scorebook. And don't shoot us, Anthony. It is digital only. Oh no! But it, it's good. And uh, right now we'll cover our individual issues. Yep. I'll start first. Yeah. So I read the new Benjamin Percy, Brett Schuvner, and Nick Filardi title from AWA in the Upshot series, titled Devil's Highway. It is a I've been reading a lot of crime books. I didn't choose this because it was crime. I didn't know at first. Because with the title Devil's Highway and from what we have from AWA Upshot, you think it's like, oh man, it's going to be like a horror book. Like a hell kind of book. Like Hotel and um, Old Haunts where it's like, oh, it's like a horror style. Nope, it's a classic crime thriller with some occulty magic stuff a little bit thrown in there. We don't exactly know yet. So it opens up with, um, we're in Drift Country, Wisconsin. We're in a diner, and um, these two older gentlemen are talking to each other. Uh, Joe is one of the main guys. He says his daughter's coming home soon, and she said that she's going to come home last Christmas, but she didn't, but he believes she's going to come home this year. All of a sudden, this woman slams up against the window, begging for help, screaming for help. She, he, Joe lets her in, and all of a sudden, um, the screen, the, the screen, the, the page turns red, and it cuts to the opening page, and then we get three days later, and Sharon has arrived. Sharon is his daughter. She's this kick-ass fucking... She's really tall. She's really strong. She's like this kick-ass chick. And she is... She pulls up to the police station. She demands the file on her dead father, Joe, and... Mm, bad whistle. It just kicks off from there. It is like just is high-energy like solo detective story but she's not a detective. She might be a PI, but she's just a chick out for revenge. And then she discovers that her father's body has this Ouroboros tattoo. And oh man, don't want to spoil any more, but it spirals from there. Okay. I love the Ouroboros thing, the whole snake eating itself. So incorporating that into a book, fantastic. Um, that's really all I got to say. There's <laughs> nothing really like crazy going on. There's nothing like, oh man, I need to read the next issue. It's just a okay. cool crime story. Which, like I said before, I've been reading a lot of those recently. Fair. Not always on purpose, like this one. Yeah, no, I feel like you have been like, on the show. Last week I read Bad uh, Dead Body Road. The week before that, I think I read Old Haunts. That makes sense. Like, yeah, I'm just reading a bunch of... Uh, oh, no, I read Wind before that. The week before that was Old Haunts. But still, like, I'm reading a lot of crime. And I'm, I'm into that. I'm never against the crime genre. Yeah. It's actually one of my favorite genres. I, I think the most comic pitches I have written in my phone are crime-based. Like, cops, detectives criminals like supernatural like crime it's just it's just a cool thing to do because it's grounded and it's realistic enough to where you can be like oh man i could just crime is easy if that makes sense oh you know it is it's easy writing not to discount brubaker or um oh god i guess he's uh, benjamin percy yeah so crime, not discount any of them but like yeah crime is easy in a sense where it's like once you figure it, it's not it's the the initial crime itself is easy to do, and because you are the writer, you know how it's going to end. Yeah. So it's not, it's just the the hard part is getting from A to B. That's yeah. the hard part of crime uh, crime writing uh, mm -hmm. crime dramas. 
uh, it's the filling the middle gap in so you don't mess with the ending. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you unless you don't have anything out yet. But no, it's it's um it's cool. I like I like to see crime dramas lately. And, mm-hmm. and same thing in horror books. I have a lot of horror. Horror and ideas. crime are shooting up recently yeah. in comics, at least. Because it's outside superheroes. Yeah. So your favorite moment in the book? Um, I don't really have one. I'm not gonna lie. Like it's just, it's the same thing happens in all the crime books I talk about. It's just good crime. It's just good crime. <laughs> it's just good, it's a good crime. It's good crime. I like writing. making a good crime. It's good. Yeah, it's good crime writing. And this is like an adult book, so there's like a lot of gore. There's a scene yeah. where this chick has her hands cut off. She's missing all her teeth. Oh, she has the Ouroboros tattoo on uh, the oh, scar on her chest. Sorry, I don't know. I got chills. And then a snake crawls out of her mouth. Ugh. It just keeps going. It's, like, it's, it's a lot. So it's, a it's lot. not a kid's book. Uh, no. Really? <laughs> no, not a kid's book. Johnny, do you want Devil's Highway? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Let me see the snake boobies. Oh, God. Yeah, so it is definitely not for the faint of heart. It is very gory in the yeah. sense of like crime gore, not like okay. hotel where it's like crazy demons, crazy death. That was great. I, I actually read the first issue yeah. of, of Hotel. First issue is oof. It is. Ooh. I don't. I, don't I like, wasn't. I was. I don't like pregnant based stories. I watched a movie on Hulu called Delivered. Oh it's, my god! It's part of this. Uh, you you to know. It's part of this uh, Into the Dark series yes. that Blumhouse does. Yes. It's a horror movie where a pregnant woman gets kidnapped by a crazy person, and then she's just running around pregnant. And I'm like, "What if you fall?" The whole time, I'm freaking out. I hate it. <laughs> I can't deal with like pregnant people in danger because it it scares the shit out of me. I told Courtney, I'm like. If we're getting pregnant, the first apartment we're getting is going to have no stairs. <laughs> no. Like, you're going to be the... I'm going to put you in a fucking balloon, and you're going to walk around Bubble Boy style. Like, maximum... So, Man. Reading Hotel was mad. Anyway, <laughs> Devil's Highway. Sorry for the tangent. Devil's Highway. Fantastic read. Classic crime. Nothing crazy, so I, you yeah. know, I don't want to give it a five. Okay. But the writing is solid. All right, so but, like, you, uh, probably like a, f- a low four. Okay, so, because you're not... It doesn't, it, like, you're not jumping up and down from the action. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't hit my niche of, I need more, but it also, like, it hits the spot of, nice, it's grounded, it's nothing crazy right now, it looks like it's gonna be, like, a weird cult, like, demon thing, because, okay. like, so there's three characters that we know of, there's the murderer, yeah, there's sure. the main character, Sharon, Yeah. and then there's this, maybe this P.I. who's got, like, a skull flask, and I'm thinking maybe he's, like, an occult guy, right, because he keeps telling people, like, hey, I was never here, you don't know me, I'm nobody. I'm like a mysterious drifter. Yeah. So like that's like his vibe. I don't know if he is the same guy as the murderer. Yeah. But what it seems like they're not the same guy. So we yeah. don't know what's going on between <laughs> them. So there's three parties. So like I don't need to know what happens next. Yeah. But I would like to. That's right. So it's definitely a high, a low four. Okay. It's only a five issue miniseries. Oh, that's not bad. So if you don't like the first issue. It's not like you have to commit for an ongoing, right. you know what I mean? You or just go, oh, out. yeah. yeah. You end up losing out, like, oh, so I got way better in issue, like, in issue 14. Yeah, yeah, issue 15, it's like, oh, man, I got crazy. Yeah. And you're going to read 15. No, it's, you got five issues. If you like it, keep going. If you don't like it, it's you don't read drop, it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can wait for it to come out and trade if you want. Hey, man, so that's me. I like having everything collected. It looks good on my shelf. Don't I judge know. me. I do. Your shelves look good too. I know you. You're love not my only. You're not only. Fit, you're not only. Uh, you love my shelves. Everyone loves my shelves. They're good shelves. It's yeah. mostly Marvel though. Branch out. It's more than just Marvel. I know because you mostly see Marvel. The, you can see the Marvel all yeah, across you the, the big top. Marvel logo. <laughs> like I started reading Marvel trades when yeah. I first started getting back in the books. All right, tangents, tangents, tangents. Right, James, I'm gonna jump into my book. My book this week is the sword after Negan lives. Woo-hoo! Spinning out of uh, Walking Dead, this story tells kind of what Negan was doing after he disappeared. It's like um, an epilogue, right? It's like yeah, it's it's like it's his epilogue. Okay, but it's um so it's after what Negan disappeared, but before the ending of the the last issue of the series, which is time jump. Yeah, um, it's kind of cool. This is a completely a Negan centric story. There are no supporting cast from the main book. Yeah, 
And he talks about he ta- mentions them in the book. Yeah, but he also not. doesn't interact with anyone else besides this this new group that mm-hmm. shows up for this story. Um, we're not going to super spoilers. Um, Negan is has gone crazy, not crazy crazy, but he's gotten this this isolation has finally gotten to him. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that he buried his bat Lucille. Um, that was an issue. Yeah, like, I want to say one eighty something. But that's his. That's his only um, kind of routine he does constantly. Yeah. Is, is is getting flowers to bring to Lucille, mm-hmm. who we, if you've read the book and spoilers if you haven't is a rep, is a representation of his wife. Yeah, which they talk about in this. And, and they bring that up, so you won't be lost. Um, this is and again, this is for somebody, and this is I'll, I've never read a Walking Dead book besides when we did it for the show early on, and this issue. Oh, when we did the final issue, oh, we did the the big final, close to the end of the series issue, and this issue. Um, so yeah, I've read Walking Dead twice. <laughs> and they're both for the show. Um, again, I'm not mandated to do this, so I pick and choose my own yeah. stuff. So um, I just chose it because I wanted to know what it's about, and it was actually really cool. Um, yeah, I broke one of the rules. I did read this as well. I'm not going to talk about I it. Know. I just want to talk about the letter at the end. Did you get the chance to I read didn't that? Read the, I didn't see it. You should definitely read I it. Just... It's really good. It's just Kirkman saying, hey, um... I wanted to kill Negan off way back in the earlier s- parts of the, the book. Yeah. But then my editor told me that he liked Negan. He wanted to see how far he would last. And then that's where all the Negan stuff came from again. And that's where this issue came from. That makes sense. That was really cool. Yeah. I um, know one shot because, again, I'm treating this as a one shot. It, it is. Because it is a one shot. Regardless of how the book ends, cough, cough, maybe more. Um, he says probably never at the end. He said, probably. Probably never. never yeah. Never probably. <laughs> so that's why I don't want to. I want to leave it off where it's like, um, yeah, but probably never. Probably. Yeah. Meaning that he possibly maybe. do one. So yeah. I don't want to be like, oh, well, this can be more. I don't want to read into it more than what it is. I'm already reading into it. I know a lot of people are. My brain space. I, 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 once this book hits shot, like once people get it in their hands and know the ending. Is Negan going to be the next main character in the Walking Dead book? Yeah, like. Is Clementine coming back in the comics? That's me. That's literally me, though. <laughs> I know that really when you saw that, I'm like, oh, is that like, what are you talking about? I'm like, about? yes, from the so, video games. <laughs> what's great about the book, um, I do like the twist. Uh, you can see it coming clearly when it happens. I won't spoil it. Yeah. Where Negan does meet up with a girl named Lucy, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and the two of them start uh, hanging out. This uh, book takes place within maybe five hours, six hours. The entire span of the story, because it's not long. It, it's yeah. when he, from the time he uh, gets the flowers... To making dinner and when he meets Lucy. Yeah. Um, so it's a very short story. Um, it's a Negan encapsulated story, so it's really cool. Um, my only downside is um, that it. The, I only. The, I don't have a knock on the book itself. Um, it is made for Walking Dead fans. This is not like, oh, I'm going to pick up a cool book to read. Yeah. So this is not meant for everyone that's not a Walking Dead fan. This is a cool if you want a Negan story. Oh, yeah, like the Negan graphic novel, Here's right. Negan. Yeah. Bueno. So it's one of those. If you're a Walking Dead fan, this book is for you. Yeah. This book is continuation. This is for people that want to get into Walking Dead. Yeah. That don't mind I'm spoilers. a Negan fan. So yeah. I'm like, or <laughs> I watch the show. I want more Negan stuff. I want this. You know, you can yeah. do that. So this book, that's why for me personally, I think it's cool. It's it's a cool story, but because the I I it's lost on me the emphasis of how how important and how good the story actually yeah. is because I'm not a Walking Dead fan. Mm-hmm. Um. Boo. Not saying the book's bad or anything. I'm just not walking. I'm a fan of the books. I was a fan of the show until um, Sasha died. Not because I liked her, just because that was just a boring season. I just don't understand anything yeah. you said. 
You're like, Sasha? Who? Yeah. The book's really good, so I'm into that. But like I said, I'm not a Walking Dead fan, so that's why I kind of picked this book on purpose, so I'm not biased going, oh, this is what I wanted. Yeah. Like, what was the, your uh, favorite moment? Um. Oh, the shovel scene. You you read it, yeah. you know what I mean? But when you read this book, it's part of a spoiler. Uh-huh. Um, there's a scene where Negan um, screams out, no, it's mine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, oh. And then the scene right after it, yeah. the, that entire thing is actually mm-hmm. really cool. I was like, oh, he's a savage. I yeah. forgot how savage he is. Negan is crazy. So, um, read here's Negan. I know. <laughs> um, so that being said, as a, walk, a non-Walking Dead fan, I'm definitely giving this book a four out of five. It's a cool one shot. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a four out of five. The only reason why it's not a five out of five is because I'm not a Walking Dead fan. If I was a Walking Dead fan, I'd be like, and it was great, and it's basing it on tying it back to Walking Dead, going, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a great blah blah, as an epilogue to Negan. This is a great one shot as a, a Negan characterization. I don't know enough about the character or the book to be like, it's a five, but it's such yeah. a good one shot. Like I said, the big knock on it is not for me. Mm-hmm. That book was not made for the general audience. Yeah, you know, so that's my big knock on it. That's the only reason why I'm giving it a four out of five. So let's jump into our store book of the week. Store book of the week, and it is. <laughs> so we're talking about Sereno or Sereno. It is the Totem Comics. If you're anywhere that's not here, and Comicsology original done by our friend Luciano Vecchio. It is a. If you listen to the interview, it's I, I forget what we say. It's like eight issues or something. It's eight issues, massive. It's a hundred pages. It's like Batman Beyond meets Sailor Moon, Sailor Moon meets Avatar: Last Airbender. Yeah. Oh my god. It's all thrown into one big mishmash. So we talk about it on the uh, interview. So let's not go too far into that. Yes. And let's not spoil the book for anybody who wants to buy it. But let's just you know give like overall right. impressions. So the book is on Comicsology. We said it's a digital only. It's pretty cheap too. It's and only it's, three dollars. Yeah. So I definitely recommend going out there. We have the links. It's, in it's the... It's one hundred and fourteen pages. It's a good bang for yeah. your buck. Oh my god, it's fantastic. Um. So we'll jump into our, instead of, we're going to do a quick rundown on the book, because it is, there really is a very loose plot Yeah, it, the story. It's, it's very, like, Monster of the Week. Yes. Because it was a webcomic that he uploaded week by week. It would be, like, right. the first page, the second page, like right. a webcomic. Yeah. So the big major part of the series is that it follows Serrano, who is your titular superhero that's taking place in... Nueva Tea. Yeah, Nueva Tea means New Tea in uh, English. Um... Just remember, this is translated. It's all comics. I was yes, translated. Yeah, it's, it's, we got the English translation. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so it's cool about it, uh, and it, it's a very formulaic monster of the week, um, and the monsters that that how with the monsters that attack uh, New Air, uh, New uh, Ah, New Air Vitaria. Um And that's really the basic it's the basic part. Yeah, Sereno talks about himself for a little bit, so we get to know who he is. Monster shows up. He transforms. He fights monster. Conflicts over. Right. A little bit of backstory. Right. E- each issue is like that. Yes. Because well, he's ironing out the character slowly instead of giving us everything at once. Right. Also, uh, what's cool about the Monsters of the Week, uh, the formula, as much as people are like, oh, that's kind of boring. Why would you read that? And that sounds very boring the way we're pitching oh, no, it. Cool. It's not. Because the characters, the villains themselves, actually have a lot of depth to them when you find out the actual, cause the, the cause and effect of why they're even bad guys to begin with mm-hmm. are all in, the, in the, the issues where we are given. Yeah. Um, and it's really, it's really the, the, the villain's story that propels Serrano's uh, uh, story mm-hmm. forward. Um, the art's fantastic. Uh, the story is actually really cool. The way the monsters, it's very spiritual in the sense of his powers, how uh, Sarah's powers work. Um, it, it's, like I said, it's long when you read it in digital copy. 
Um, though, like I said, the only knock on it I have is that it's digital, so I read it on my phone. Which it's I digital hate. only. It's digital only for right now. Well, yes. if, if you read, um, if you read it in any place that's not the U.S., they have it collected. Yes. So it is collected from Totem Comics. Yes, and but it's, there unfortunately, is, we don't have anything here translated and, yet. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. You're gonna publish I it. I think he talks about it in the he does. Uh, interview. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I won't spoil it because we talk about a lot of this in the interview. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it's a fantastic story. Um, I think the biggest parts that I did enjoy, and I, I know I'm rambling over you. That's fine. Um, I said the biggest part of the stories that were cool is that you get there's a lot of world building, being surrounded by that one character. Yeah. Uh, so the world is basically built around him. Yes. Which is, which works. Yeah. Because like in like I think issue two, he's fighting um the sleep paralysis demon guy. Yeah. And you, we meet a doctor character. Yeah. She's in maybe that issue in the last one. Yeah. And then there's nothing else. Right. But, like, it's cool to see, like, he has people who know who he is. Yeah. And who help him. Yeah. And then we meet Ruffy in an issue three, who's, like, I the Catwoman character. Yeah. And he shows up every once in a while, and he's, like, the anti-hero. Yeah. So, like, you, we do have world building amongst the villains and amongst the Monster of the Week style yeah. Uh, yeah. comic. And even the supporting cast around him, there's, like, they're there. He's got a couple friends that only appear in one issue, but, like, we know he's got friends. Right. So, it's small world building, and that's mm-hmm. the one thing I think um, the book helped. It helped the book. Instead but of also being, it hindered it a little bit. It so. does a little bit, but in my opinion, why I like that wasn't a lot. Cause I got to focus on the character. It's, exactly, it's very character focused. Right, because it's like I don't need to, I don't need to care about oh that's his best friend from high school. Like, you don't need to know about him. Jerry. Right. Who cares about Jerry? Exactly. You want to know about Sarah? Yeah, <laughs> that's why I came. That's what drew me to it. Like yeah. it's like that's what I wanted to. I, I want to read. Like I don't need to know his and Jerry's relationship. Like, going back, they were best friends from like elementary school. And they both worked together on this project. Yeah. Unless it ties to his origin, or and it ties to the villain of the week. Right. Like, if, the, if Jerry turns out to be a villain, right. Then it's like, oh, then it makes sense. But we right. don't need the backstory. Right. I don't need like where comparing this book to other superhero books, where um, books like again, it's a short, it's a newer, shorter book. So you don't have time where all right, I got to know and grow up with Jimmy Olsen through a bunch of other things. No. And you see that with most modern comics, there's not a lot of supporting cast. And when they are there, they are tied to hero a lot. They're in the book a lot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that takes away from the story you're trying to tell. Yeah. So. He basically makes the secondary characters the villains, and that helps a lot. Because like, we, yeah. we know more about the villains. Oh, my God. Before we know anything about Sereno. Yeah, we do. Which is insane. Every villain gets their origin before the hero, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Through the style that this is told. Yeah. If you read it weekly, like, originally, I think it would be a little annoying. Yeah. Like webcomic style, but reading it as a trade, it all ties back together, full circle, and yeah, it's awesome. It is, and um, you see in the, in the interview that he clearly has more planned for the book. Yeah, he's um, trying to write all this stuff right now. But uh, what's really cool is that this can work as a standalone. Oh yeah, you know if the, if he was like, no, I don't have anything left. Yes, you want more, and you're like, oh, yeah, I want they tease more stuff in the, near the end. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's like, ah, yes, they do. Um, but like, I can satisfy. I can. I can actually be like. If he said I wasn't going to make more, yeah. it makes sense of where they ended it. Mm-hmm. So I do like it a lot. I definitely like it a lot. Sorry, I keep, keep rambling. Oh, it's really good. <laughs> Out of five, what'd you give it? Five. Duh. Hell yeah. Dude, I love that book. We're not just saying this because we like him and we're friends I do with like him. him. Yeah, we do. But oh, I think we're it's just a good book. It really is a good book. Yeah. I really do enjoy the book. Um, 
again, I'm not, I don't push the, you know, my very anti-digital stance. Yeah. And I'm, I'm more because this book's not in trade. <laughs> yeah, if it was in trade, we'd be like, I the trade. we read it digitally because right. we got it faster. Well, yeah, because... But, like, trade. But, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. I kind of want to order one from Totem Comics overseas. It mm-hmm. might take a long time to get here, but I might just want to put it on the shelf if we never get one. I won't be able to read it, but it'll be cool. Yeah, no. Maybe I'll learn Argentinian or whatever the language they speak over there. Argentinian Spanish. 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 Yeah, so maybe I'll learn more Spanish. I took five years, but I know nothing. Yeah, I took, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican and took fucking <laughs> four years of it. It's retained nothing. <laughs> it happens. Anyway, so yeah, I'm definitely giving it a 5 2. It is fantastic. Definitely go pick it up. It's super cheap. It's only $3. Yeah, and it's 100 Definitely go get it. Pages. We gotta tell the Vassies about it. Because oh I think God. Ryan reads on Comics Yeah, he does. Uh, so yeah, I definitely check it out. This is one of the only times we've ever done a digital review. So, uh, but yeah, it's a great book. I definitely recommend it. Uh, I like the, the blend of. Like cyberpunk mysticism stuff that's all yeah. kind of blended. It's it's a cool again when you look like, Batman Beyond Sailor Moon, yeah, with some like Avatar. You throw last Airbender, not yeah. blue people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the blue people. Maybe a little bit. Um, when you blend that together, you're like, oh, that's kind of like a, it sounds like it could be a mess. And no, like, not for this. He executes it very well. Yeah, he, we talk about it in the interview. Yeah. So cool. yeah, I think we're gonna wrap that up for this week then. All right, guys. Oh, yeah, I have to close. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. You can follow us on our website. Hold on, I'm messing it up because I don't have it in front of me. Where's my <laughs> script? <laughs> I uh, thanks guys stuff. for listening. You can head to our website, androidscomics.com, to check out this week's previews and new releases. Follow us on Instagram at Androids Comics, the podcast Instagram at Androids Amazing Podcast, and Twitter at Androids Comics for up-to-date news. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share with a friend to support your local comic book shops. And Sereno on Comicsology. Have a nice day, guys. See you guys.